I found that video on, on YouTube, and I just thought that guy just seemed like a really nice guy, so I included the video. Um, I, my name's Matt. If you're listening online, my name's Matt. I'm the lead pastor here uh, at Connection, and um, I was drawn to, we're going to be in Psalm 37 today as he was speaking, but the verse 4 is going to be in the middle. We're going to start in verse 1 and go to verse 9. And I don't know about you, but um, when we study the Bible and we read Scripture, and maybe we're exceptionally familiar with Scripture, and we read it over and over and over and over and over, I've probably, I mean, just being very conservative, just in my life, spent in church and seminary and whatever, I've probably read Psalm 37 five or six hundred times. In fact, most of these verses that we're going to look at this morning, I have committed to memory. Um, Psalm 37.4, by the way, hangs in my house. I see it every day. Um, it's one of my life verses, and it's one of my verses that I played incorrectly as well on, like, like he just said, that he, that he thought it was basically like a wish list with God. If I, if I do what God says, then I get what, what, I, what I want, and that is not any further from the truth. And if it's your first time with us or you're listening online for the first time, I want to let you know that we're a very real church. Uh, you're quite possibly sitting beside someone in our sanctuary right now. In fact, you are, this 100%. You're sitting beside somebody, whether you're related to them or not, that, that they don't have it all together. There are no perfect people allowed in connection. And somebody think, well, that's kind of mean. Well, no, there's no perfect people on earth. Um, but we try to be as real as we can. And I was drawn, as I studied this, this verse, these verses of Scripture, I was drawn back about a month on our calendar year to Christmas, when we studied about Jesus being sent, um, the prophecies fulfilled, Jesus was born in, in, in Bethlehem, and I talked about it very briefly, but I talked about it in December, and I said, in our spiritual life, we can't be like the people of Bethlehem the night that Jesus was born. Catch this, because many of them missed it. Our spiritual life, I wonder if um, this morning I, I, stood, I stood over here and I just, I just listened to the, the words. All my life you have been faithful. You're mighty to save. All of these words just running through my brain about how good God is. And I don't know when the last time that you just took some time and said, God, this is why I'm thankful that you are so good. Because I mess up. Because I do this. Um, but I did something this week that... Um, I have missed out on, and I want to be really honest with you. Oftentimes, even though I read and I I study daily God's Word, but sometimes I think I'm guilty, maybe you are too, that we just go through motion. We just, hey God, I read John chapter 3 today. That's, That's great. But I missed an opportunity. I'll be 40 in a few months I don't want to miss anything else. I think I've missed enough. What about you? We've missed, we've missed out on understanding who God is. And quite frankly, I've missed out on that stuff. I didn't miss it this morning. I didn't. Because as the, as the band was up here and they, and they were praying, or they were singing, basically praying, praising God. I'm just a nobody. Trying to tell everybody. About somebody that changed my life. Changed my soul. He changed the destination of my soul because of what he did. (coughs) 
And I'm not going to apologize. Nor will I ever apologize about saying things that God has shown me so that we can understand his word better. But I, I'm not going to apologize for emotion. Ever. When you've been forgiven of the things in your life, and I've been forgiven in the things of my life, there is no chance that that can't make you smile. But oftentimes we miss, we miss out on that opportunity because we missed out on the opportunity of God to examine our heart. Now, I'm not a surgeon. Thank God. I'm not. Okay? But, but I have, I'm, I'm not going to be disgusting, but, but I, I, I deer hunt. And when you do that, you see, we have to, you have to clean them so that you can eat them. And our hearts, the way that God made our hearts, it's extensively complex. Blood goes in, blood comes out, blood goes in, blood. And it, there's all kinds of things that they can do um, with medicine and doctors now. We have blood pressure medicine to regulate our blood pressure. We have, we have all kinds of different things. You can make a heart transplant. I mean, we can do all these things with our heart physically. And we miss out. I think I do. I do. I just, I do. Sometimes I miss out on God spiritually examining my heart and fixing it. We're broken. We have a lot of things broken in our lives. And as I studied this this week, I, I'm telling you, I, I was reading Psalm 37. I said, okay, God, I got, you know, I got this. I begin doing some studying from different commentaries and different, listen to a bunch of people um, online. If, by the way, if you do that, please just check out that they're reputable, okay? Don't, don't just listen and just fact check their stuff, okay? So, so I'm, 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 I'm studying and I'm writing uh, this past couple weeks. I said, God, I got, I got this. I got, I, got the meaning, I got the meaning of this. And he, he said, no, you don't. My word is living, it's breathing, it's moving, and it, all, and, it, and it changes. At different seasons in your life, you'll pick up a meaning of something that you never saw before. And what, my, what, I, what I'm afraid that I did is sometimes when I read scripture, maybe you do too, but I have tunnel vision. All right, this verse is this big. It's infinitely big. I have tunnel vision. I don't, know about, I don't know if you struggle with this. If you don't, praise the Lord. But I do. But we, we look, at, look at the title on the, on the next slide. What, what is God calling me to do? Now, God calling is a directional me. It's a directional phrase. God calls us to do different things. God calls us to talk to certain people. God calls people to, uh, for me, God, whenever I was 19, God called me to preach. Now, let me show you the difference in missing out. You ready? I didn't follow that calling until I was 27. That's where it gets difficult and it gets very hard because we have choice. We do. I saw a deer in a field coming to church today. He had no choice. I say he. He was nice. He'll be really nice in a couple years. He'll be bigger, bigger. But he had no choice because when he woke up this morning, guess what happened? He was hungry. He came to a cut bean field and he was eating. They have no choice. Whenever every single one of you walked across the parking lot and you came in the door today, if you came in this door, I assume that you did. It's the only one we let people in, so I'm just taking a stab. But you, you walk across the sidewalk or you walk across the gravel. And listen, watch. 
Everything in creation in this world besides us does exactly what God wants them to do. When you stepped across the rocks and they crunch underneath your feet, which eventually they may not, it may be concrete, and, and if you walk the sidewalk down, okay, but the rocks have no choice that when they're compressed against each other, they make a noise. When you drive your vehicle over a gravel road, the rocks have no choice but then to, then to make noise, they also fling up, they can chip paint. <laughs> Anybody know that? They can. Okay. So, um, but I was reading in, in my Bible, and I was studying, and I want to show, maybe somebody in this, in this room, no doubtedly, and then maybe somebody online, and if nobody either place, it was, it was for me that I wrote these things down. But if you want to write these things down, just jot them down. Um, in your worship handout, they, they're not in your worship handout, they're just different things. Somebody probably needs to hear this. God's word, not Matt, not Matt, not my opinion. God's word says this, that he loves you. And I don't know about you, but there are some days that I really need to feel that, that I just need to be loved. The second thing I found is that God says that you're special. Now we go over that quite a bit, but God does say that you're special. And God's word says that he created you for a purpose. So what is God calling you to do? I, that's, that's a question that can, be, that can be defined in a very, 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 very long story by you. Or it can be very point blank. But there's only one way that you can, that you can, that you can accomplish that calling. Your heart has to match God's. And I'm telling you, if I'm brutally honest this morning... This was not something that is really easy to just break down and study because when you break down God's word and study spiritually, he just kind of opens you up and he looks at your heart and he says, Matt, hmm, I know, I know, I know. You need to change this. I know. Ever been here? Please tell me that I'm not the only one, okay? When we, when, 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 when we examine ourselves and we look into a perfect word of God and he, and he sends his love out, I'm just a nobody. If in 50 years, no one in this county, no one in this state or country ever even hears of the word Matt Griswold, but they heard Jesus, ready? It's worth it. I'm so infinitely small, and I have no idea why God, I don't know how God does the things that he does with the people that he gets to work with. Right? Right? If you want to join me on that boat, okay. we're, all, we're all messed up, but we're, we're all special. God loves us. And we ask this question, why do you love me? I've asked that question before. If you, we're honest here. I said, God, why do you even love me? I just fall on my face every time I wake up. What gets in your way? Our heart. But that's the thing. I can't. I cannot hold a connect group. I cannot hold a conference. I cannot hold a Sunday morning to where I can, I can personally just kind of jump into spiritually into your heart. And I can't operate. I can't. Anybody remember the game Operation? Wow. That, I don't, that, I don't know. It, it was so, it was so intricate, wasn't it? I remember you could get like the, you get like the leg bone and, it, and it's the one every, if you took turns and I don't even know if we played it right because I'm looking back on my childhood, there's very seldom a game that we actually played correctly. It's just how we wanted to play. I doubt we, I doubt we play Monopoly very, very all the same. Um, I, the only thing that I know about Monopoly in my house, it usually end up with somebody throwing the game board. Okay, that's, 
That's it. But in operation, if you took turns, and you, know, you remember that, and it, like, borderline tasing children, okay? That, so so you, you get this, the big femur bone, and, and it's, it's pretty easy. But then there were intricate bones and things that you could take out. The little tweezers, metal edges, everybody understand? If you do not know what operation is because you're too young, YouTube it. Okay, it'll be, it'll be awesome. But there's intricate things that you would, tweezers, and you, if me and my sister played, you know, and it was my turn, listen, like the operation board is right here, and that, that person's right here, and I'm, I'm over here, and I mean, you're just kind of like, oh. My sister was right here. <laughs> Don't mess up. And I like to return the favor whenever it was her turn. Okay, but what, the thing is, our heart is, 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 is intricate. Our heart has many different parts physically, but it has so many different elements spiritually. And it's a beautiful thing. Our hearts have the ability to love. But it's an individual look. And I'm telling you, it wasn't a fun time. It really wasn't. Because oftentimes we'll have a, we'll have a bad day or we'll have a, um, we'll have a disagreement with somebody and, we'll, and you'll, it'll I'll just play the card. God, I'm right. That's really hard. Um, that's why we. That's why when before a volleyball game, um, we do we, we pray. But it's very difficult. I don't I don't pray for I don't pray for a win or success because what happens if the other team prays for a win and you play for a win and somebody's going to be disappointed? Okay, so it's not it's not about that. That's so we, that we represent um, the names on our back and the names on our chest and we, that we honor God with what we do. That's 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 why we pray. It's not for a, a win, although winning is fun, but. We, we often say, well, I don't have this problem. Why does this person have this problem? Why can't, why, can't we under, why, can't, why can't they just understand my side? In my, in my personal experience, sometimes that takes time. And sometimes we have to love people beyond anything that we've ever experienced. And that is so hard. It's so hard. You, it's very easy to, to look at our worship handout at the very beginning and say, oh, so we live it. All right, so we live in love like Jesus. Cool. But spiritually, that means that we don't go to meet the needs of the people at the country club. Now, if you're a member of the country club, I'm not saying that we're not going to talk to you about Jesus. Okay, just leave that alone. But I'm not, Jesus came, if Jesus comes to, to, to Mount Vernon to, today, I'm just telling you, if it was the summertime, he's not going to, he, in spiritual time, biblical times, he didn't go to the country club. He didn't do it. He went to the bars. Oh, we can't say that about Jesus. Read the Bible. Read it. This place, this place called Connection, it's not a place actually, but this, this building that we meet in has four walls. Okay? It's a rectangle. Got my shapes down. That's pretty big for a PE teacher, let me tell you. So, so we got our shapes down. It's a rectangle, but listen... This is a hospital. This isn't everybody has it togetherville. This is a hospital that each one of us, I said that you were sitting beside somebody that doesn't have it all together, and that's totally true. But what I want you to understand is that we all need this. We all need God. And when we intimately open up God's word and he shows us our individual heart, you know, I'm very thankful that you don't have to deal with the issues in my heart. I am. And I may or may not be thankful that I don't have to deal with yours. It's, it's difficult. When God says, love people, 
He doesn't say, love the people that live on Bel Air Street, Bel Air Drive. Love the people that live off Campground Road. Love the people that live on Toll Road. No, 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 no. That's legalism. We talked about that last week. With God's grace and mercy, legalism goes out the window forever. You can't play that card. What's God calling me to do? We, we personally get in the way. And before we start with our worship handouts, I really, 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 I just want to pray for us. And I'm just going to ask God a very simple prayer that the Holy Spirit has already been prayed to, be, to, to come here. He's here because God hears us when we pray. The Holy Spirit is here, but I, I, this is an individual thing. Individual. I want us to be able to focus. I, I'm going to ask the Holy Spirit to just ask us and to just, just allow us to see as, as God sees us. My concern is not Colleen's heart. My concern is not BJ's heart. My concern is not Emma's heart or James's heart. It's mine. It's my, it's, it's my issue. Let's pray. God, we, we love you. We're so thankful for Jesus. God, we are thankful to, for the band that puts in a lot of time and a lot of, uh, a lot of effort and a lot of practice. Time away from their family. God, so that we can literally sing together. I'm just a nobody. God, we pray that your Holy Spirit just moves inside of us, in our heart. And God, that we, we, you make this scripture alive as maybe it's never been alive to us before. God, we ask you to show us individually ways that you want to better us, mend us, make us more healthy spiritually. In your name that we pray. Amen. When we talk about the heart, there's a really hard question that I have to ask you. This is not a question that I wanted to write down in my sermon. It's not a question that I wanted to answer in my office. It's not a question that I want to answer driving down the road, nor any time in the rest of my life. But it's a necessity. You ready? Will you allow God to speak to you? And after you allow God to speak to you, will you apply what he says? Because never have I asked that question and not had an issue that God has had with me that I needed to change. Matt, you need to love that person more. You were sarcastic to that person. You need to apologize. I'm not perfect. I have a smart mouth. I use sarcasm sometimes when it's not appropriate. Holy cow, I can't believe this guy's a pastor. (laughs) I'm just a nobody. What is God calling you to do? And is the, is the temperature of your heart in the way? Look at the first blank in your worship handout if you want to take notes. Now, I coach, I coach junior high and high school girls. Anybody find humor in that? <laughs> it's, I, I, I really, 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 really enjoy it. Okay? There's a huge saying that we have before we play, before we play a game or before we have practice. We deal with attitude. Now, I know that these, these girls, metaphorically, if you have children, these, these people live in your house and you don't have kids in your house that have attitude. I do. Okay. Now, listen. Listen. They come out of the locker room and, they, and they, there's, a, there's, a, there's a silver threshold that separates the concrete bare floor to the wood floor. And the girls understand, they're taught to understand that when their ASIC shoes or Nike or whatever they have touch that wood floor and they cross over that metal flashing in between it. Everything other than volleyball that they have going on in their life stays here. 
so they can learn. I'm not the best coach. Our head coach is not the best coach in the world. But what I'm just I'm saying is, there has to come a time where your focus, watch this, is intentional. And with intentional focus, guess what can get in your way? I don't need to learn that. I had a girl one time, I was, I was coaching, and she could, not get, she could not get the ball over the net from behind the line as an overhand serve. Okay. That's my job to help her, right? Get the ball like this. She's right-handed. Get it like this, and she go. I'm not making fun of her. That's an exact representation of what it looked like. It was this. She played softball. She'd never played volleyball before. Volleyball before. I said, here. I said, here's the ball. I said, I said, throw me the ball. Now, if you just note, I stepped with different feet. Now, this, you know, you're not going to have a lot of power. But if you step like this, you have all the energy in your body into the ball to go. Now, for two days, I said, you need to step with the other foot. No, I don't. Now, this is the way I deal with that. Run. <laughs> Listen, her attitude, you, we all have had this, but her attitude was awful. Just like mine has been. But I was able to see. I took her aside, and I called her by name. And I said, Listen. Your power is being lost when you're doing this. If you do this, you're going to have a lot more power. Now, not because of me, because of her God-given talent and about 10,000 reps, uh, she became a very, very, very effective server on the varsity high school team. Do you know what changed? Her attitude. It went from an attitude, and maybe you work with people like this, but oftentimes when I think I work with people like this, I probably need to look in the mirror first. They have all the answers. If, they, if, you, if you literally, I saw, I saw yesterday, I saw the mount. If you, if you fish, this is going to ring your bell. You ready? I, I saw a legitimate picture on digital scales, and I saw the mount of a crappie yesterday. For those of you that fish, I want you to pay very close attention. Caught in Mississippi. You ready? Five pounds, two ounces. That would be a new state record in this state. It looks like three dinner plates. It's like this big. I have deer that quite possibly are smaller than that crappie that I've shot. And, but, but if I told if I told some of my friends, hey, I caught a five pound, two ounce crappie, that would be a state record. There are people that go, I've caught one that was six. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. Well, we ate it. You lie. I have a guy, we have a, I have a, I have a friend, he goes, yeah, we shot, we shot three or four mallards and a couple pintails, and I'm like, dude, that's a great day. Do you have any pictures? No. Did you shoot him? Well, yeah. I said, can I see the carcasses of the birds that you clean? Oh, no, no, my dog already carried them off. I'm like, what? So our attitude, listen, we can always be a one-upper, but our attitude needs to be one that we can be, that we can be molded. Our heart needs to be soft. A bad attitude on a sports team, if anybody's ever been involved with this, uh, one, 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 does not have to be a starter. It can be somebody on your bench. One bad attitude can cause cancer with the whole entire team. You can, you can have the greatest on paper team in whatever, in height and ability and whatever you want, but if you, you ever heard, you ever heard somebody that plays with heart? Listen, 
I will take, I will take people that play with heart. And we can work with that. But our attitude often gets in our way. A good attitude, on the other hand, can do just the opposite. It can encourage people. There was a, there was a student, and I can I'll maybe share this link on Facebook, and some of you may have seen it from several years ago. There's a student that was, the, that was the team manager of a high school basketball team. And, and the, the young man kept book, and he, he, he had autism. And the last game of the season, they put him in. The crowd goes crazy. It's a big high school. They're up by a whole lot. And this whole, this whole cheering section, much like uh, the chaos corner at, at Mount Vernon, it's just going crazy that this kid gets to come in. And he gets, they, give him the, they give him the ball. The first shot misses the basketball goal by about eight feet. If you don't know anything about basketball, that's a long way to miss. Okay, that's not close. This young man proceeds to miss another shot. Then he comes down the next six consecutive trips down the floor. He keeps making three-pointers. Six of them in a row. The place like almost doesn't have a roof. After the game, this young man's interview is absolutely incredible. He goes, I just want to get the ball and shoot and help my team. He'd never played a game of basketball organized in his life. And he goes absolutely unconscious and hits six threes in a row. The only thing that I look at that video and I see, I see a great sports accomplishment. But what I see is a kid that has one of the best attitudes and one of the best hearts I've ever seen. Because you can watch him and see him and understand he's authentic. I just want to help my team. Really? How is your attitude? We have the ability to choose which way we want to go. Our attitude is that compass. Look at the next blank in your worship handout. How is your heart? This is your. I emphasize your. I had you I write capital letters in the blanks. Your. It's my, my wife's heart is not my, it is my concern, I, I love her, but her condition, her relationship with God is just that. It's hers. It, she owns it. Emma is the same way. She has her own relationship with God. Whenever she, whenever people, and like us, that are followers of Jesus, we read, we read, we, I just flipped open. Romans 3.23, Paul writes to the Roman people, and he said, for, all, for everyone is sin, we all fall short. That pretty much puts us all on the same plane. It didn't, Paul never looked at Romans' bank account. He never, he never saw what kind of car or chariot they had. He never, he, never, he never saw what size house they lived in. He said, it's a matter of your heart. And it's all or nothing. Is it soft? Or is it hard? Is it warm or is it cold? This isn't, this isn't for me. This is for you. Look at, look at the first verse in Psalm 37. If you underline in your Bible, I'm gonna help, I'm gonna, I, want you to, I want you to see some stuff. Look at this. I underlined some words. These are words from my studying that God spoke to me. Okay? Don't worry. If we want to be honest this morning, how many people worry? Other people are worrying that they don't want to raise their hand, but they do suffer from more. Okay, wait, we all worry at some point. Don't worry about the wicked or envy uh, those who do wrong. In biblical times, whenever this, this, when David would have written this, it was, there were people that had great success that didn't honor God. 
And he's going to get at a very, very important point. Look in verse 2. For like grass, they soon fade away. Like spring flowers, they soon wither. Excuse me. This echoes Solomon's words from Ecclesiastes when he says, he said, everything under the sun, we are a, we're, everything under the sun is not new. We're a vapor. We go away quick. Listen. I don't want to be, I don't want to be negative. I hope I live much longer than this as long as I can do whatever I want to do. But if I live to be 80 years old, I'm halfway done. We think about this. I've never asked a person that's later on in years than me in life and said this. I said, hey, how fast has your life gone? I have not heard one person go, really, really slow. Not one of them. I can, I, you talk to more people and more people, and a person that's 65 or 70 years old says, yeah, I can remember when I've, I could do that whenever I was 25, 35, 45. I remember when I got married. I remember... I remember when we celebrated this anniversary and this anniversary. Listen, our life goes by way quick. So we shouldn't envy those people that have it all. You have those those people, maybe they're your neighbors. If your neighbors are here, don't say anything uh, about it. Um, But maybe you're like, oh, I just wish I had some of what they have. Listen, God blesses different people with monetary and different, different gifts like that. Our job is to take the ones that he gives us and to live in love like Jesus using those. And that, again, that, that is directly affected by the condition of your heart. We're intimate with our relationship with Jesus. Show me in scripture where Jesus was mean. Some of you, oh well, he went to the temple. No, that was righteous anger. He didn't sin. He never got mad on accident or on purpose that wasn't Righteous. Those who don't follow Jesus on earth might have and gain earthly pleasures. But again, I go right back to the 1990s with your no fear shirts. Anybody know what I'm talking about? No fear, okay? I'm telling you, I had one. One. He who dies with the most toys still dies. BJ told me yesterday, they don't pull a U-Haul on the back of a hearse. I said, no, I've done a lot of funerals and I've never seen one. That's, that's the thing. We're not here that long. But this is what we do. I know, I, know, I know of two families in a town around this area that didn't speak to one another for three years. They went to the same church, did not speak to one another for three years because they got in an argument at a business meeting about where they were going to put the new bun coffee maker. Are you kidding? Three years. That's, a thousand, that's over a thousand days that they wasted. Well, I'm not going to talk to anybody about Jesus because I'm still mad at him. Well... That's hard, isn't it? So the, the, the moral of the story, the, the biblical answer to that is, is this. I was 12 years old. I was 12. And I sat in a business meeting and I watched two grown people argue over a coffee maker. And my 12-year-old self was not as nearly intelligent. And I'm not, I'm not there. I'm still a student. But I, didn't, I wasn't the mature, maturing person that I am Christian biblical-wise now. And in my head, I just said... Well, if you're a Christian and you're a Christian, doesn't the Bible say that you should just work it out? Instead, the condition of their heart wasn't moldable. It was cold and it was hard. And they lost a thousand days of their life. Listen, do you under, this is a big deal. Because when we lose a day or time, what we have to understand is there's a possibility that we're losing the, un, the ability to share with somebody about somebody who saved my soul. But when we get, we, get all, we get garbled up and Satan works and he works and he works. We shouldn't be concerned about those things. Look at verse 3. Here's another word. 
How many people have trouble with this word? Trust. In verse 3. Trust in the Lord and do good. Oh, hey. All right. I can do this. I love you. God, I love you. You're my man. All right. Woo. Yeah. Then God speaks to you. He says, I want you to, I want you to go this way. I want you to, I'm leading you this way. I want you to do that. Man, I want you to leave a church. I want you to leave a church that your dad is the pastor of, you're the associate pastor of. Basically, in spiritual life, I could have taken a 40-year cruise control path, retired at the job that I was doing, teaching school up north, being in church with my dad, having my dad for my pastor, and God says, nope, you need to go down to that church that meets in the gym that you think those people are crazy. And when me and my wife came down here and, the, and we, we had worship with you guys and I did, listen, I did, I apologize many times, but I did call you weird. And I said, those people are so weird. But you know what, do you know what I saw? Do you know how God talked to me? It was the love that you showed us. The Bible says, not Matt, not Billy Graham, the Bible says that they will, they, the, this world will know us because of our love. I've been in several churches in my life. I've had a lot of relationships with people. There are some that I would rather, some relationships I had in college with people. There's some that I would not like to rekindle because their negativity isn't something that I can flourish in. They don't, they don't, they don't up. They don't bring me up. They don't, they don't encourage me. They don't pray for me. And I'm telling you, I knew four, car, four chords on a guitar. We read, we read lyrics off of pieces of paper. But I saw heart. I did. I swear. I was on that stage and I was scared out of my mind. I've preached in front of 8,000. That's not a problem. Those big lights, you can't see past the third row anyway. It doesn't matter. But I got, I would get up to lead worship and I remember talking to Mike. I said, Mike, I feel like I'm going to throw up. He goes, that's the same way as I feel with, the, with the, the level of magnitude that I get every single Sunday before I present God's word. It helps, watch this, it helps keep me humble and my heart in the right place. And I saw that from people. I saw that in people as they loved my family. They saw, they helped raise both of our girls but it was the heart. And I was taught in this church and with our people that we trust in the Lord and do good. Man, that's easy on the good days, isn't it? I got today off. God, you're the man. Then he says, I want you to trust me that I'm, that I'm doing this work in your life. No, God, I told you I do not want to be a pastor. There's a reason that we have not talked about this for a while. Are you going to trust me or not? Don't you really, really, this is sarcasm, really, really like it when God says, are you going to trust me or not? It just finally gets down to the excuses. Like, you're, you're out. Your vending machine of excuses is exhausted. You don't have any of them. You're like, I got this. He goes, Matt, are you going to trust me or not? And many opportunities in our life for me to trust God and, and, his, and, his, and his guidance has been brought through people. My wife called me out with all three names one time. I was complaining about something and she said, Stephen Matthew Griswold. I'm like, man, I haven't lived at home in a long time. And she said, when is the last time that God let you down? Now, 
I would like to say that I just immediately answered and said, never. I thought on it. Get me. I thought on it. Hmm. Well, let's see. When is the last time that God let me down? Every time I would come up with something, it was a disappointment to me. It wasn't what God wanted to. It wasn't, it wasn't God. It was me. It's very frustrating when you get in an argument with God, isn't it? Anybody ever won? Don't put up your hand, okay? <laughs> then, you will, then you will live safely in the land and prosper, okay? He's talking already aforementioned of the, of, of the land that God has for these people. This would be a, 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 a scripture of encouragement uh, about the people that, that trust God. And that's what it comes down to. Is it capable? Is your heart capable to trust? This week, have you had people upset with you? It's already laughing, okay? Whether it be on social media or real life, I do separate the two. I'm not joking. I really take that seriously. Not everything that's said on Facebook should be taken seriously because most people are doing that sitting on the toilet. Real here? That's the truth. But, have you been hurt? This is the hard one. That's the easy question to answer. Have I been hurt? You betcha. You saw my week. You saw this. Then God asked this question, which I really just jump in joy when he says, Have you hurt anyone? What you talking about? I haven't hurt anybody. Have you hurt Anyone, Matt. So this week I found myself going and apologizing to people. Don't you love living and, and living and loving like Jesus? I went to my wife. I was wrong for once. That's false. I'm wrong a lot. And I went to my wife and I said, I'm sorry. I should have never said that. And that you guys live in Disneyland with your marriages. Everything's fine and perfect. And oh yes, honey, I made breakfast. And here's your coffee and baloney. This is the world, okay? And I had to go to my wife and I said, I'm apo- I apologize for the way that I spoke to you. The words were not unkind. It was the way that I spoke to her and that's a sin too. My actions. Watch how my actions were affected. Ready? My attitude. Do you know why my attitude was messed up? Because Matt's heart is broken. I'm a broken human. And I am a Nobody. And I will give everything in my life to tell everybody about somebody that saved my life forever. And if you came in wanting a candy corn and peanut sermon, it's not here. God desires for us to individually look at our life. Man, I've wasted a lot of time. Have you? I'm only 40. Because I don't think 40 is old because I'm almost 40. Okay? <laughs> I've wasted too much time and I need to put into practice the verse that hangs on my wall in my house that I see every single day. Look at verse 4. Take delight in the Lord. I memorized in a, dis- in a different version. Take delight in the Lord and He will give you the des- your heart's desires. My 19-year-old self read this verse and went, Sweet! Yes! I go to church, I go to Bible study, I need a Lamborghini. I did get a Lamborghini for Christmas from somebody in this church. It's about this big. With a personalized license plate. <laughs> but here's the deal. This verse is not a, a wishing candy machine 
thing from God. It's, God says, you take enough delight in me that you allow your attitudes to go away. You allow your heart to go away. You allow to open up yourself spiritually like this. And you let me fix your heart. Because when God fixes your heart, your heart matches his. And when they match, he does big things. Huge I have heard people that have been in our D group reading for the last three weeks, two weeks. And let me tell you something. They are not living in Disneyland at work. Satan is not poking and pushing. Satan is running trains into people. He wants us to slip and fall on our face. That is the time that we need to hit our knees. See, it wasn't a suggestion that Colton asked for prayer for our D groups. The D group that I am in I didn't even get to meet with them this week. And I thoroughly enjoy meeting with these guys. And I, I, I missed that day and I, I was doing something else that was of importance. And I sent my video in. I said, I really miss you guys. You help me. Because they call me into account. You're the pastor and you have an accountability partner? No, I have three. I don't have one because I'm too messed up. Get it? <laughs> Take delight in the Lord. He will give you your heart's desires. Listen, when we, when we worship God, when we, when we look into his scripture and we reflect, my friend Dennis has a shirt that says this on the back. It says, live your life so the preacher won't have to lie at your funeral. <laughs> He's a pastor. <laughs> Live your life so the preacher won't have to lie at your funeral. How about, what if these words were said at your funeral? I pray. If anybody in here does my funeral, is at my funeral, just let me know in heaven. I mean, if I know, I know, but it doesn't matter. I want my words at my funeral to say this. This is not egotistical. This is, this is Jesus big. Matt was the type of guy that loved Jesus, understood he was broken, and tried to tell everybody that he could about his Savior. If I do that and I live for one more day, I will be happy. I have to be. Heaven's bigger than me. The church, capital C, is bigger than me. I almost wore a Lebanon Missionary Baptist shirt today to church. It's a softball jersey. I played on their team a couple years ago. But we're the capital C church. Take delight in the Lord. Give him all of your stuff. Let him fix you. And whenever you struggle and you fight around and you wrestle with God. By the way, we're, talking, we're reading lyrics from a guy that spiritually wrestled with God. Spiritually, David has some knockdown drag outs with God. If you not think that, listen, David's life in Psalms is almost like a soap opera. Mess up, forgiveness. Mess up, forgiveness. Adultery, murder, forgiveness. I'm not joking. But God calls David a man after his own heart. <sighs> Look at your worship hands out, hand out. God wants a piece of you. No. If we're going to be really honest, in Matt's 39 and some odd months, years on earth, it's Matt that says, I'll give you this much, God. Because I'm busy with the rest. I'm under control of the rest. I got this. I don't need, I don't need, you to, I don't need your help on any of that. But, uh, you know, on Sundays, uh, hey, I'll give, I'll give you this much. I had the audacity. Still do. I have the audacity to stand in front of the creator of the world, him giving me free choice. His son has bled on the cross so that I can be saved of my sins. And I have the audacity to say, hey, I'll only give you this much. 
when the rocks that I walked across on this parking lot earlier had to do exactly what God told them to do. The leaves or the limbs that don't have leaves on them in your yards right now, yesterday when the wind was out of the west at about 1,500 miles an hour, they had to wave. We're the limb. He is jealous for me. He's the hurricane, I'm the tree. Waving. We're to, be, we're to be able to be molded. Look at verse 5. If you underline your Bible, commit everything, underline everything you do to the Lord. Now that's cake. I will commit everything I do on Sunday between the hours of 9 and 10.15 at church to the Lord. Not what he wants. You must commit everything. Well... Listen, I've seen, I've seen some of our young people being some of the coolest, most unbelievably presented and wonderfully done musicals and plays at this high school. How would it be if you went to your instructor and said, hey, I know half my lines. Yeah, they just, they just, she's like, oh, no, no, no. Right. Because the instructor would get not happy with you. And nope. <laughs> right? See, we give everything. One of my favorite songs from Hillsong. It's a long song. It's a, it's a long, 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 drawn out song. But it's with everything, with everything. We'll shout for your glory. With everything. Trust Him. I feel like this is, you ever read scripture and it's like, it's like you should have your name put in front of it with a comma like it was literally addressed to you? Matt, commit everything you do to the Lord. Hmm. Difficult. And he goes on. Matt, you need to trust Him. Why? Because he'll help you. Read scripture. Literally. Look. He will make your innocence radiate like the dawn and the justice of your cause will shine like the noonday sun. God will bring light into the darkness. And this is the crazy part. If you allow yourself to be moldable, he can do it with you. Isn't that crazy? That literally, us broken people all over the place that are followers of Jesus can literally be used even in spite of our brokenness. It, 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 blow, it blows my mind that God even wants to use somebody like me. What about this? If you're in your car, you come to church, or what you're going to do something, does it give you joy to be in God's presence? I'm being real serious. Does it give you joy? Oftentimes, whenever I come in on Sunday or I come in whenever I come into the church, sometimes I come in here and I just need to be here. Oh, a pastor can't do that. He's got to get re- rejuvenated at home. Listen, I do. But I'm just telling you that we all need plugged in. We all need to meet D groups and connect groups. We need this plug. I'm telling you. It gives me authentic, pure, not happiness. That's not a biblical word. Joy. That I saw people come in early to make popcorn and coffee. I was asked a question which I had to refer to the leader because I do not know. Do you know why they asked me a question about the popcorn and the oil? I'm being, this is serious. Do you know why they asked me a question about it? They didn't want to mess it up. They're requiring a step above their, their best, they want to know exactly what to do. Listen, if we can humble ourselves to ask God, hey, is this the right jug? Yep. This much? Yep. Do you see how he could teach us? 
Oh my goodness, it gives me such joy to see people. And by the way, the people that ask that, I would love, I would love for them to share their testimony of where they, they were previous in life and what God has done. Do you know why? Because people loved them. We're the magnets. We're to be attractive. Jesus is going to be attractive through us, but it's us that are the vessels. That's where the band Jars of Clay got their name. They're the vessels. We're to be used. Look at verse 7. If you underline in your Bible, listen, be still. Oh, yippee. Some of you are like, Matt, I wish you'd just be still. Well, we got a couple more verses. So be still in the presence of the Lord. And here you go. We, we all love this one. Some of us don't pray for patience on purpose because, you know, God's going to test us with it. Be still, underline, in the presence of the Lord and get mad when they don't give you your food in 37 seconds. Let's wait patiently. Now, some of you are like, well, I can wait. Patiently. No. Mm-mm. I get you. I understand. We live in an instant world. You have instant oatmeal and you can drive through a visitation. Whatever. God says, I want you to wait patiently. That's why I think 2020 America has so much trouble following Jesus Christ and God and his plan for our life is because when God says wait, we say we don't have time. No, you don't have time to not follow him. Remember that you don't have time to not follow him. My wife lost a friend last year at the age of 40. Gone. You do not have time. Let alone the fact that the end of this book is becoming real true every day. There's one prophecy that's left to be fulfilled. And I promise you, I promise you with every faith that I have in that book, that once God has has done that many prophecies, he's going to finish the job. And he's going to come home to take us. And we're out of here. How do you want Jesus to find you living? This is hard. I don't like this. It's difficult. But we have to be still in the presence of God. Wait patiently. Here you go. Underline these again. Don't worry about evil people who prosper or fret about their wicked schemes. I get asked asked quite regularly, even at church, what I think on political issues. I'm not joking. This is what I say. Ready? So if you have one for me after church, this is how I'm going to respond. Ready? I'm not going to talk with you about politics here or probably anywhere. You pray about who God wants you to vote for. And always remember that Jesus Christ is the king of your life. Well, I, just, I go, no, I'm not going to discuss this. Well, did you vote, did you vote that way? Like, I'm going to tell you. There's a reason that they pull the curtain. We have the freedom, right? Listen, about evil people, we, we, we worry too much. We compare our everyday life to highlight reels on Facebook. I think this is unbelievably unhealthy for young people, and it's super unhealthy for adults too. We scroll through Facebook, and you're looking at a highlight reel. Listen, when I made a highlight reel for, to send into college for videos, do you know what I didn't put on there? Me striking out. Here, this is how bad I am. Would you like for me to come and play with you? No. No, it was, it was successful hits. It was successful throws. It was a highlight reel. And we compare our everyday life to some of our friends and we think, they just live in Disney World all along. Listen, God is concerned about your heart, not your bank account. Joy, does it radiate out of you? 
Some of you are facing some health issues. I want, I want to just, this sounds so cliche and so Sunday school, but the best advice I've ever heard is God's got this. He created the mountains with his voice. We prayed two or three weeks ago, a month ago, for two different people, for God to intervene in their life. And many of us are still praying for that. Do you know why we still pray for that? Because God can. I shouldn't be allowed and able to use my left hand. Guess what? I can. Why did God heal me? Maybe today he knew that he was going to heal me so that I would be here talking to you on January 20th of 2020. And you just need to understand that God can. No matter what you have going, God can. Look at verse 8. Stop being angry. This was directly sent to me. Why? Because one of my life issues is anger. Well, I've never seen you get angry. I don't like getting angry. I don't like getting upset. I got loud, I got loud with our volleyball team one time, and if I raise my voice, the whole gym stops. Because I don't yell. I don't like it. Don't lose your temper. It only leads to harm. How many people can say, that? hey, I got an argument this week, and I really taught them a lesson? For real? Aren't we glad that we don't get an argument in, in with God and he just absolutely just blows us up for everything that we did wrong? Listen, when we say, I deserve, you are not entitled. I am not entitled. Jesus Christ is entitled. We are entitled to hell. Period. Exclamation point. End of story. There should be no hope. I just read Romans 3.23. We deserve our payment for our sin is death. This is hard. Stop being angry. You have those people that you work with? They know where your buttons are? Ooh, Jason's coming into work today. Ah. They think it's their spiritual gift to press your buttons, don't they? We all go through this. How do you respond? With love. You have to understand, hurt pe- hurting people hurt other people. Maybe they don't even understand what love is. Forrest Gump did. Why can't they? That was a joke. I know what love is. He talks to Jenny. Okay. For the wicked will be destroyed. For, they, for those who trust in the Lord will possess the land. Again, he's talking about a promise. These are if and then. If you, de- if you delight God um, with your heart, he will give you the, the desires of it because your heart will match God's. Wow. Think of that. Just think. Just think. Think of the fact that your heart would match God's. We serve a pretty powerful God, don't we? The fact that he can change my heart to that. Walked across a hospital room one time to a person who did something very, very, very bad and vile to one of my family members. And I watched that person from across the room Walk up to them and forgive them. I didn't care if they lived. You get me? It's that kind of stuff. 100% of the things that happen to you are not your fault, but you are responsible as a follower of Jesus for 100% of response. 
all the time. What is God moving to do in your life? What is he calling you to do? It might be, hey, I'm going to show up early and run the vacuum. Cool. Hey, I need to do this. Hey, I sing. Hey, I play this. Hey, whatever. Look at the last blank and we'll be finished for today. Look at this. What is God calling you to do? Where do you put your hope? I love that song. All my hope is in Jesus. I've lived the life of all my hope is in Matt. I can tell you where that leads. Not good. Folks, we can't get out of bed without the grace of God. And some of you are like, ah, it gets harder every day. I get it. But, I mean, this, this mystery, this mystery soreness, I don't know where it's from. You, you, you are called to do what God asks you to do. God did not, but that's the thing, God did not create us robots. If he would create us robots, we would have no choice that we would hear a command and we would just do it. We have the choice. But that's why our relationship with him is so intimate, because it's intimate, because it's very unique, as in the angels are jealous of us. I didn't, that's not my opinion. That's in God's word. How blessed we are. But our hearts get in the way. Listen, I'm not angry. Passionate, but I'm not angry. I wish I wish I could just maybe maybe one day I'll write it all down on a piece of paper or on a Facebook post or something. But I just I want to I want to show people that we're wasting time. I've wasted plenty. Don't make that's my job, by the way. My job as a parent to Emma and Lydia is to help these two young women understand what not to do. Love people. Live kindly. Live generously. Serve God when it doesn't even seem possible. Trust God when it seems like it's dark. Let Him shape your heart. And some of us may not have a relationship. If you're listening online and you don't have a relationship with Jesus, you don't know what that means, please, please, please come and talk to me after the service. I would love to explain why God gives us hope how he gives us hope, what Jesus did for you, and how you can receive him today. But I hope that all of your hope is in Jesus. We're to trust and obey, as the old hymn says, for there's no other way. Be happy in Jesus to trust and obey. Let's pray. God, we love you. We're so happy that we could go, come into this place this morning and worship God. We thank you for the words of the songs. We thank you for the, the, the abilities of the musicians. We thank you for the people that sang. Thank you for the crowd that gathered. We thank you for the gas that they spent or the diesel that they spent or their bicycle that they rode to get here to church. God, we're thankful for the examples of the gravel in our parking lot that crunch underneath our feet. And may we always remember that when we rock on gravel that the rocks have to do what you say to do. God, we get to choose. Please mold us. Prepare our heart. Teach us, God, what you want us to do. And God, there are people being called out to do different things in our church. God, I just ask that you would give them the courage to say yes. To teach young ones, to play instruments, to sing, whatever it is, to clean, whatever it is. God, we love you. We're so thankful for Jesus Christ. God, I'm thankful that I could worship with each and every one of these people this morning. Thank you, Jesus, for giving your life for me. Because I don't deserve it. In your name that we pray. 
Amen.